Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lafondra looking to get side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Reopening at some point this week. I think it's Thursday night. So make sure you get yourself down there when they reopen. Plenty of events going on in January and February, which they've just started advertising. Been joined to discuss the PR game today by Matt Lansley. Matt, QPR are, are just a horrible team. We just always seem to end up sacking it or, or losing awfully against them. Ah, two years now, isn't it? We've thrown away two goal leads, um, you know, consecutive times. I mean, yeah, like I actually looked at, we don't, we, well, I say we don't seem to have that much fortune against QPR. I think it's three wins and 10 now against QPR in in the league um yeah i it was funny i was talking to paul on the way home yesterday and um uh i think the most amusing thing that came out of yesterday was actually how much qpr do actually seemingly care about reading which i thought was amusing um yeah but so be it we are massive paul so i do get it they you know always need five thousand tickets for their away fans when they come to the scl Oh yeah, the pride of West London. I mean, let's just forget Chelsea, Fulham, and Brentford. But um, let's move on from that one. Um, Yeah, my thing is about yesterday. Also, it was a double blow because it was Neil Critchley. I remember when we were tuning up against Blackpool a couple of seasons ago, and they came back to beat us three-two. It had a very, very similar feel yesterday. But thankfully, we did at least get a point. Yeah, that that didn't didn't that that um, instigated our rather. Big dip in form under Pownex. That was last season. It, yep, yeah, it definitely oh, did. It was the, uh, it was the start of the start of the downfall, I think, from memory. Uh, Blackpool at home. Let's start off today. We'll start off with the good, the bad, and the injured. Matt, from yesterday, the good. I feel like there's one good which comes out of yesterday straight away. Fairly obvious one. Um, yeah, I don't think it needs that much mentioning, does it? Jeff Hendrick, um, two goals. 
actually, well, it, it sounds a bit silly saying it's probably his best game, but, you know, he seemed to be a lot more confident. He was running with the ball well. Just more of that, please, Jeff, because, I mean, to this point, it's been very anonymous, as we've said, kind of week on week with him. But, but yeah, Jeff, Jeff Hendrick, uh, an, an obvious good point. I think you could probably put Lumley on there as well for, for, for his contribution. You know, I don't really think many people can be complaining at his performance, even though there was two goals. Paul, the bad from yesterday. I mean, there's a couple, couple of things, but what, what have you got on the list? Uh, well, uh, the list is very long, um, but I try to condense it. Tactics, substitutions, Nabisar. I mean, we need to have a separate section when we talk about Nabisar and being six foot twenty, whatever he is, and not being able to head the ball repeatedly under pressure i mean you look at that second goal and it just oh you know it's going to happen again so yes there's a lot of negatives from yesterday but i do agree with matt's positives as well we'll we'll come on to some of the positives and negatives i'm sure and then the injured from yesterday and carol came off in the second half uh apparently left the stadium wearing some kind of protective boot shane long came off uh, maybe injured i think from what i read it was a calf calf strain for long. I think Carol was a sprained ankle um, or rolled ankle, which you know that could be well, that could be a week, that could be four weeks. It depends on you know how what serious how yes. serious it is. But um, I think the biggest one was Hutchinson, wasn't yeah, it? You know, coming the game, right? Hutchinson, yeah. and presumably going to be out for another three, four weeks again. It's I mean, it's Sam Hutchinson's had a, a honestly a wretched time at Reading, in all honesty. I, I mean, think he said straight away it's going to be four to five weeks at least. Yeah, it was it was an Achilles Achilles injury. Um, so yeah, which tendon injuries are never are never quick ones, unfortunately for him. It's a frustrating one with him because every time he comes back, people think that we're going to improve in defence or midfield or where. I mean, yes, they play midfield, but people think we're going to improve. He plays a game, maybe two, and then he's injured again. It's difficult to see like a long term where Sam Hutchinson has a, has a you know place in this squad next season because there's just no can't can't rely on it really it's frustrating because actually when he plays he actually looks quite good yeah <laughs> but the problem is you can't rely on him and I, I totally agree with what you're saying yeah you can't have a player that's um uh, yeah physically not consistent at all but yeah it's... I mean he's gonna be he's gonna be in the squad next season regardless because mm. he has a contract but it's yeah. I, I just don't see him necessarily being somebody who can kind of even build a team or a squad around in any way like he's just going to end up being a backup player isn't he and that's it well I think I, I think you look at his career though as well I mean it's been a hallmark across his career you know I think he's only played more than 30 games in a season once you know there's 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 quite a few seasons where he's played less than 10 you know he's only played I think you know 11 12 games for us this season you know, so sadly for for Hutchinson, sadly for Reading, seemingly we've got a rather injury prone player that, you know, just sadly can't can't stay fit for more than five games in a row, which you don't really want or need in your team, sadly. Let's move on to the to the game yesterday. We started yesterday's game, Matt, uh with Carol and Ince. Up top, well, I'm, I'll go through the lineup. I mean, the formation is kind of 
up for debate, I guess. But Saar, Saar Holmes and Yeardon as your centre-backs, and, and Rahman and Hoylet, your wing-backs, and then Loom, Hutchinson, Hendricks started in the in the midfield together, obviously before Hutchinson comes off, and then Carroll and Ince are the kind of forward players. What did you think of the lineup yesterday, Matt? Um, well, I thought Mate might have come back in. Um, he ended up on the bench. Um, it was Ince has done well, kind of when he's when he's played as 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 a second striker. Um, but I always kind of feel with with, with Ince, he he's always going to drop deep or, or or like a bit too deep to play as a as a second striker. You know, I'd much rather him kind of play in behind a two or you know out wide of you know a uh, a three up top, um, and. I kind of feel certainly obviously when the injury to Hutchinson happened and, you know, Long came on, Long and Carroll up top, I thought was was a good combination. You know, they seem to work quite well together, whether or not it's, you know, just the the footballing intelligence that they've both got. You know, I think they work best there and kind of Ince works best there when he's not a second striker, you know, because like I say, it gives him more license to drop deep to for kind of what he... I don't know if it's what he likes to do, but he just always tends to do it. You know, you always end up seeing him dropping deep into midfield. And if you're playing a second striker, you don't want to be seeing your second striker that deep in your midfield. Yeah, he, he kind of plays as the almost the link right between mm-hmm. between the striker and the, and the midfield when he plays that in that second striker role. Um, obviously, once he got to 15 minutes, the tactics changed completely anyway. But Paul, I mean, I was a little bit, disappointed to, to see that Aziz and Nesta Guinness Walker both missed out on the bench yesterday. We had three centre-backs on the bench, but no wing-back. Didn't, uh, like, didn't they came on, did they? <laughs> it just didn't work at all. It was a yeah. double whammy. I don't understand. I think with Paul Ince's mentality with substitutions in general, not always, it's more defensive it's than attacking, isn't it? Always. It's, it's what we've got, not what we can get. Yeah, I he, he I don't know what it is. I understand it. It's like we've got people to say it's we're in a restricted squad. I think the problem is with our team is is just a lot of our players are really quite old. And I think in the second half of the season that's really gonna show. You got Carol, Long, Dan, I mean I'm sure there's others as well. And those all gonna pick up and make the second half of the season a lot harder. But yeah, the substitutes, I don't understand why. Guinness Walker isn't in there. It doesn't make any sense to me. He's a really good player to bring on. I mean, as he showed at Norwich. I mean, a lot of people would say he's a really good player to start and don't understand why mm-hmm. Raman starts because he can't defend. Um, but let's go on to let's go on to the positives uh, before we before we look at the negatives of yesterday because the first half I think Reading controlled it without necessarily playing all that well. Paul, first fifteen minutes of felt like QPR was slightly on top. We had a few scrambles in their penalty area. Yeah, but no massive chances for QPR. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like much was happening the whole of the game, to be honest, in that yeah. like part of the match. But, yeah, I mean, let's just get to the goal. I mean, yeah, I, think that's that's the first, I think that's the first shot, the goal. Uh, I, don't think, I think, don't think either team had had a shot by that point, 25 minutes. Okay, in. who out of all of us listening to this or on this podcast right now thought this is going in? None of us thought when Joe Hendrick come up to strike that ball. I mean, we were we were all shouting, shouting, shoot though. That that yeah, that but we none of us believed things. it was going to go in though, did we? <laughs> not in the no. way it did either. Not like if no. you're going to hit it from that far out, 
like you expect it to be a shot which kind of like flies up and hits into the top corner. If it goes in, you're going to hit the top corner. You're not really expecting it to be this kind of like really low driven shot, which curls back round and nestles just inside the post like that. So it's That's a really good finish. By Henry. Absolutely perfect. He yeah. does have it in his locker to score good goals. So because that one again, I think it was West uh, Norwich or West Brom. Norwich, I think. Uh, Norwich, yeah. Yeah. And it, that was a really good finish as well with the outside of his foot from outside the area. So he does, he can do it. But clearly, it's like it's it's not an every game kind of situation. But he does have it to be able to score. I think very score very, very few players though are going to create a shot like that every game, right? You know, you're not going <laughs> to, you know. But I mean, it, it was it was very Steven Gerrard s from the 05 FA Cup final, wasn't it? You know, just little grass trimmer, like like say, kind of curling back in. I mean, it, it was it, it was a funny one because it's like when you're in the stand everyone's shouting shoot and you're like oh god but then he makes the sweetest of connections to it and you see it absolutely zipping like forwards and then you think oh this that's a good connection and then a split second later you think this is close and then it hits the back of the net and it's just glorious i was right in line with it sat in the doland you think oh this has got a chance like what a fucking strike that is unbelievable that it's gone in you're kind of like slightly delayed reaction you can see all the like the um uh, reaction in club 1871 and the whole of the rest of the stadium it was just one of the best strikes i've seen for years goal the of the season the wrapped up right there properly Sorry? goal of the season wrapped up right there do we think it was a hell of a strike what it's do you got, think, Alex? It's got to be in the con- in, in the conversation, isn't it? I can't mm. think of many we've scored which are, are going to be kind of better this season yet. So we almost made it 2-0 a minute later, Paul, from Jane Long. And it it's so disappointing is the wrong word, but it's so uh, frustrating watching Shane Long go for on goal this season in the league because I feel like I've seen him go for on goal, I don't know, six, seven times. And he hasn't yet managed to put the ball in the net for open play in the league. Uh, like, I just want to see him do it. Like, yesterday it was a good save by the keeper or a block. I can't remember. But it was a, like, it's just so frustrating because that that 2 0, you know, two goals in two minutes. No, it wouldn't have wrapped the game up quite clearly because of the second half. But it's, you know, it's just one of those, one of those moments again where we really could do with our strikers finishing chances that they get. Yeah, I mean, he's not convincing in front of goal, is he, at all? You, you never feel comfortable that he's going to um, take the chance. Obviously, he did last week against Watford, as you mentioned. That was in the cup. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the positive there is he created a good chance. And that's a good situation. So, you, you'd rather that than have no chances for your strikers. But... Maybe Shane will score a couple more goals this season. Um, none of us expected him to get a glut of goals, not realistically. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he starts next week as well. He probably will if he was fit. I'm not sure though he'd be fit now though. So, yeah, the game was just such a. It's a classic game of two halves, and obviously we got our second goal coming up, and that was really pretty poor from QPR defensively as well, wasn't it? I mean, they almost had an equaliser before we got the second, I think, as yeah, well. Was, yeah, Matt, the, the chance that QPR had, it looked really innocuous when I was like, watching it inside the stadium. And then I watched the, the, the highlights of it and I was like, it's a massive chance. And I think Lyndon Dykes has tried to back heel it, uh, yeah. like across into the far corner from about five yards. 
He's done one of those little, like, little cheeky flicks, hasn't he? From from um, from across, and um, I have to say, from from where I was as well, it was it looked very innocuous. It it was one of those which I thought I just rolled pretty much just across the face of goal, gone five six yards wide. Um, but I mean, when you look look back at it, it's a massive, massive chance. You know, it's literally, you know, centimeters wide. It's 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 really really close. Yeah, it's a big chance. It prob I mean, it could have been one one there, but. Obviously, we go down the other end just before half time, and Hendrick manages to get his third goal of the season for Reading. Now, uh, I think that must put him near the top of the top scorers list, Paul, because uh, not that, not that many players have scored more than three this season for us. But uh, this one is is probably the easiest goal he's going to score compared to the first goal um, of his career, isn't it? I've got to say, he's nicked that goal off Unum, hasn't he? Hundred percent, that is going in. I mean, I mean, I don't blame him at all. Poor from QPR. I think the goalkeeper probably should do a little bit better there. And I think maybe Dickie's completely switched off at the back and just let him tap it in from probably less than a yard. He's not offside because I, I was, I was convinced he was offside when I saw it. it like I was because mm. you didn't because I was I stood right in line with it and I thought I can't understand how Hendrick is that close mm. to the goal line. If he wasn't offside there, so I could understand why the QPR players have put their arms in the air to call it. Saw the replay and thought, all the QPR players have just stood there as soon as the ball's been saved, and Hendricks just literally walked past him to, to tap it in. But um, also, like their right back in the incident from Ince crossing the ball in, Jess comes back on the pitch, doesn't he? So he plays them all on. So excellent from him, I'd say. Good work. And it, it kind of comes from nothing, Matt. This really, it's it's a pretty tame cross into into Andy Carroll who doesn't win the header and it just falls to Andy Eardom and I don't remember the last time that Andy Eardom manages to score to be honest for us uh Swansea maybe Swansea away like oh Christ no no I'm thinking Swansea away years ago um no I can't remember no <laughs> um but I mean it's it's a it's a you get some connection on it wasn't it and um I mean it wasn't even a cross into Carol it was to long you know Carol I, I don't even know where Carol was actually to be fair in that move um but um but but yeah long kind of hustles it's 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 a really weird one like with, with, with like their defense is all over the place you've got like Dykes back in defense you've got Elias chair you know you've almost got them as you back three in the in the but it's really weird yeah like where qpr are defensively i don't know you know they're at sixes and sevens seemingly you know it's just but i mean you know the the shot from yeardum it would have been nice to have seen yeardum score but um but but yeah jeff hendrick with that striker's instinct you know just making sure you know who knows it might have spun 180 and uh spun out so you never you never quite know so um yeah top work and uh from um, Hendrick, just to make sure. Ginger Perlo, I believe the uh, chant was going yesterday. I'm not quite sure on that one yet, but <laughs> I'll uh, I'll reserve some judgment. Andy Yeardum's last goal, by the way, just for anybody who's wondering. Coventry at home in February 2022 when we lost 3-2. Scored an equaliser in the second half. Not that just long ago then, seemingly, for a defender. Less than a year. <laughs> Let's get on to the probably the meat and bones of this match and where we get to have an actual discussion about what the fuck happened because it was a shambles, um, the second half. I actually think that the second half, the first 10 minutes of the second half, weren't that different from the first half, really. And the game kind of changed, really, 
on two moments. One was the penalty decision, which having been told this now, it doesn't really feel like we should have had a penalty call from Shane Long being put, pushed down. Uh, well, I don't know what minute this was, probably early, early 50 minutes. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was a penalty when I was actually sat there in the dirt and watching it. Sometimes when you watch these things back on TV, it can look completely different. And that happens regularly. But I've seen it. And I think Shane Long, it's not a dive. He tr- makes contact with Dickie. And Dickie does slightly nudge him in the back. But I think that would be a really soft penalty. If that was given against us, would be absolutely gutted. So I, I think the referee probably made the right decision there. And as much as Paul Ince wants to blame that for the fact that we didn't go on to win the game. Yeah, we could have made it 3-0. We all know where the issues lay there, really. It's it's not with the referee in that scenario. I, th- I think Ince, though, knows as well. Because like, I think even though he was saying that, he was referring then back to, you know, the the, the calamitous, you know, defending. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... Yeah. it's it wasn't it wasn't a penalty, I don't think. Let's let's make no bones about it. You know, Shane Long has run across, he's instigated contact. You know, as much as I want that to be a penalty, because that'd be a game changing moment. You know, there you go three 0 up, you win the game. But if like yes, he's given the dis like the ref a decision to make there, Shane Long. He's been clever, but that's that's not a penalty. If that's the other way, you know. I mean, Paul Ince compared it to the Tom Ince penalty at Burnley, and they're not even in the same like conversation. No. No chance. Yeah, that could have changed the game had it been a penalty. It probably wasn't by the sounds of it. Thing is, though, Alex, if he does give a penalty there, Dickie's already on a yellow card. And it's probably a red card. Yeah, so it might be. He might have got a yellow card there. It's a game-changing moment, yeah. Yeah. But it's also, if it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty. No, I don't think it was, so, yeah. That's just just the way it goes. Um, I think, ultimately, as, as everybody who reacted to the game yesterday has said the game changed on, on the hour mark when we made two substitutions and Loom came off and Hoylet came off, which is absolutely fine in con like in, you know, any game, if Hoylet comes off, I don't have a problem with it. And if Loom comes off, that's, that's absolutely fine. But the substitutions that we made were Scott Dand come on and Tom McIntyre, We've brought on two centre backs to replace a right wing back and a defensive midfielder. It like the it doesn't make any sense. And we've ended up pushing players out of position to compensate to bring in like what's the benefit? I don't understand. And the 
I guess the frustrating part is that there's the zero responsibility taken by Paul Intzmat on these substitutions. Yeah. They're, they're bad substitutions. Like, just absolutely no way you can defend them, I think. Well, like, only, I think his only explanation is that he thought Loom and Hoylet were tiring. And I'm like, well, that's fine. But the substitutions that you've got on are wrong. They're just, if, they're, they're clearly wrong. If Ho- if Hoylet's tired, bring on Mbengue and put Mbengue, um, you know, at, at, at wing back. We know he can play wing back. You know, you, you've, you've brought on Scott Dan to come into a defence at 2-0 up that's been relatively okay. But now you're shifting around the entire back four. You're moving Yeardum out to right centre back, Holmes out of right, out of you know the central centre back spot to right centre back, and Scott down into into centre back. You're just playing with the defence, you know, and you, you're making three changes there mid game, you know, where it's not totally wrapped up. Yes, you'll say it's two nil, but you know there's still thirty minutes to go. A lot can happen in thirty minutes, as he found out, and it wasn't even thirty minutes; it was twenty. You know, and one, that that then doesn't even touch on McIntyre in midfield. Yeah, one of the things of bringing down on Paul is that we introduced a player into a defence which doesn't have a lot of pace uh, against an attack in QPR, who are very nimble, very fast. Well, relatively fast compared to you know Scott Dan and Navi Sar. They're, they're relatively fast, and as soon as a ball goes over the top, like we're not going to be able to chase them down, and that is kind of what ended up happening Jamal Lowe gets over like gets free for the first goal um by going straight past Tom Holmes because you've got Tom Holmes now at right centre back and not at central centre back. Just doesn't make any sense to me. No, no. Um there is no sense to the, the like you say, um if you have Saar, Holmes, Dan in your defence, that is it's got the turning circle of a bus, isn't it? Quite a lot of those players, and the speed of a very slow one. It is not ideal against a situation to go with the players, like you say, like Roberts, Lowe. It, they're going to cause you massive problems. Um, the way that Holmes gets completely turned by Roberts is probably because he's had to come from a position which he normally isn't in. So he's had to overcompensate and dive in. Saar should probably do better for the Roberts strike. The only thing I can say about the whole thing is that Lumley actually had a good game, (laughs) which is bizarre. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I never understand the substitutions because sometimes, like I said a few weeks ago, it's a roulette with Paul Ince and substitutions. You'll never know what's coming. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we 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 can come. Let's come back on to the substitutions. And yeah, so the first goal, as you say, I think there's probably all three of the centre backs should and could do better. Um, Lumley makes a really good save in between being two one and uh, two two, and then in between we bring on Meite and Zhao. I don't really think that that is anything that is going to change. It didn't change anything at all, really. Uh, QPR kind of just carried on carried on with their pressure and Matt the second goal uh, for, for QPR is a, it's a disappointing one to concede because they've scored from what a yard out pretty much it feels like and the, it's not just one player three it's I think it's three of them yeah um, and again it's it's you know Tom Holmes he's for some reason you know what like I think he goes to close out low or someone who, who has some link up play on the right and you know Holmes just ends up on the edge of the um Edge of the edge of the eighteen yard box, and you know you've then got Dykes and Roberts both free when a 
after a good save is made by by Lumley. You know, you've got to, you know, Lumley there has done nothing wrong. You know, he's like, to, to be honest, they should have scored that first shot because, you know, they've had a shot from six yards, which, you know, Lumley has somehow saved. You know, he spread himself really well, got a very good hand on it. But then you've got, you know, just an absolute chasm in in your defence. To be fair, you know, Saren kind of... Um, uh, Dan are both where you'd expect them to be in a three at the back, but then you know you got no homes there because he's seemingly all out at sea at right centre back. You know, which it's just it's got to so be frustrating. Well, that both of their goals come down from the right hand side once Yedon goes to right wing back. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's quietly having not a great run of form, I think. Um, well, at, at centre back, he seems to be okay. Like I, 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 I think that's a bit harsh to say Yedon's on a bad run of form um, because at, at right centre back, he seems to be okay, you know, but then like, I, I, I can't really blame Yeardham that much about today because he's been pushed out. He's had the person who's next to him pushed out, you know, for no real reason, you know, like if you're, if you're up to nil, surely you want to make as little changes to that back line as possible, unless they're forced, you know, if you've got a situation where, you know, like both Carol and Long get injured and they have to come off, fine you know if that's two of your setbacks you've got to make those changes but 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 Yedon's been moved out for no reason Holmes has been moved out for no reason you know and now you've brought in you know a, a defender who's you know had 60 minutes of football all season or nearly you can't have the situation when you've got Holmes trying to maraud forward as the right fullback wingback whatever situation that's just a bit of a joke, isn't it? I mean, that, that is not his position at all. Um, how we've managed to conjure that up and make the situation worse than it needed to be is something that's quite spectacular there. It's but the thing is about yesterday was, are any of us surprised that's happened? Because it's been so close to happening in a lot of games at home. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you look at the the results that we've had at home this season so far, it could have it did happen yesterday. It could have happened in our last home game against Swansea, and it definitely could have happened a couple more times this season already, where we've gone ahead and then we just kind of go, you know what, that's enough. We can sit back now, and the game's kind of won. And then we end up like just being pressured and pressured and pressured for the last twenty minutes because we, for some reason, think that we've done enough, and it. it I think that when you read all and read and hear what Paul Ince has to say, so often he says, oh, well, it comes down to the players, like, and they're, they're sitting back during games. And, like, I don't buy it. I don't get this. I don't get this attack on the players every single week. It's not It's it's not really fair on them, I don't think, because he's the one who's sending them out and asking them to do this. I don't mean that they're not... They're not choosing to sit back based on their own choices, surely. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, but one, one one thing I would flag and something has to change within the players that are on the pitch is that whenever they get the ball, and I mean, it was happening from about 60, 65 minutes, they just hoof it away to nobody. You know, like you cannot be doing that as a player. That's not on Paul Ince, that 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 one instance. That's that that's just players. I, I don't even know if you can say hitting the panic button because but, it happens from 60, 65 minutes. Yeah, you know, I think yesterday, I think yesterday it definitely happened because of the fact that once you brought McIntyre on, the midfield basically, it, it kind of collapsed. There was nobody there to, to give you an outlet at all, really. But we've done no... it in previous games though, Alex. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. No, it's that's not yeah. yeah, yeah, It's I'm a habit. And it, as bad as like we say about Paul Ince and substitutions negative and 
whatever it is. Um, there is also a mentality issue there within that squad. And I also, I enjoyed it when we held on for all those wins. So I'm not going to suddenly like readdress that and make it into a different scenario. It's part of this it. season for me is just about winning, picking up points. And that's it. It's, it's part of the mentality brought on by the fact that that is the, you know, that is what the goal is. Then the mentality becomes, well, we're winning. Yeah. Let's just make sure we win the game. Let's cling on. Yeah, I think that is. I think that is part of the issue. And I can understand that because everybody knows that if you're a player, fan, owner, whatever the situation, manager, you know, you just want to get the 50 points. And the second half of the season was always going to be much harder than the first half. So I think we're going to have more situations like this in the next couple of months, but I still think we're going to be fine. I think that's the thing that, like, you know, we shouldn't really be too concerned at the moment about relegation. We were 11 points clear. Can I can I just pose a quick question, though? Because it's something that I was thinking on the way home yesterday. When was the last time we actually overturned a two-goal deficit? Because we've, we've given away a two-goal deficit a couple of times, you know, over the last couple of seasons. I'd be interested to know when the last time we actually overturned a two-goal oh, deficit. There was one, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, and it was the first time. And there was an away match. Oh, no, 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 ignore me, ignore me. Swansea at home, three-goal. Ignore me, I'm stupid. <laughs> well, we didn't go on and win it, though, did we? So, yeah, we kind of. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, three, yeah, no. Point. Yeah, yeah, gone to Point win. Point Boyd. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, let's move on. That wasn't part of the podcast. Let's move on. <laughs> it, is a, it is a frustrating one, though, yesterday, certainly, um, because... QPR were not on form. We didn't really give them much in the first half, and yet somehow we've we probably, in all honesty, deserved to lose that game yesterday, based on that second half and the last half an hour. I wouldn't, they I wouldn't say. To win the game. I, I I wouldn't say deserve to lose. I, I'd say a draw was fair because I mean, for for kind of how bad we were in the second half, QPR were just a shambles in the first half. You know, I mean, you had their fans chanting, "We've had a shot." You know, I mean, they they weren't. They weren't very impressed by their performance, you know. So, like, I think it, it was it was just one of those games where it it was just a total game of two halves. Like, they had that one chance from Dykes in the first half, but you know, both teams are destined to be in the championship next season. And defense, two teams going nowhere. You said on the Sorry? way back, two teams. You said going nowhere. Which yeah, I think they, is are, very they true. are at the moment. Yeah, this season they're going absolutely nowhere, and. I think you can sum up the two performances yesterday is that they both conceded goals when a player tapped in from a yard out. I mean, <laughs> they're not great either team, are they? No. I think that's the issue. But yeah, we'll just we'll say finish one one. We'll, we'll, we'll void those two tap in goals. It's fine. <laughs> Next weekend we've got Stoke City, uh, who are. I mean. I think quietly they seem to have fallen into a bit of a relegation battle because they're down in 20th place now, Matt, and uh, struggling. Lost their last three in a row. Got one of the worst defences. I mean, they've only conceded one goal less than us this season. Um, I know we're away next week, but it feels like there's a potential three points there away from home. Oh, 100%. 100%. And really, who would have thought that when, um, you know, Alex Neil? you know, took the job there, you know, like manager with good pedigree, good solid teams that he seems to build even in his time at Preston, you know, made them a solid team. But, um, but yeah, you know, we've got one of the worst away records in the league, but you're going to a team that's, you know, winless in four, three losses on the bounce, 
you know, albeit, you know, we're not in the best of form ourselves, you know, one win in four now, you know, albeit two draws in there. But, um, but yeah, you know, you're looking at that game and you've got to be looking at taking taking at least a point, if not three there, I'd say. I still cannot understand why you'd leave Sunderland to go to Stoke. That's still completely baffles yeah. me. I'll never understand that. But yeah, I agree. I think we should be going there looking to win. Um, will we win? Not a clue. You never know with us. Anything's possible. But yeah, I think we should do that. And I'm looking forward to uh, going. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever say that about Stoke. But yeah, I think this we will be your win. first... Oh no, I've done it again. You you, you had an away day and um holes <laughs> lost. Oh, you're doing well here, Matt. You I'm well. just gonna end it there. I'm not gonna comment again. Yeah, it's been it's been six, seven, eight, uh, 17. I'm trying to do maps here, like off the top of my head, it's not working. Anyway, the last time we beat Stoke at Stoke was in the 0506 season. So it's been a while by this point. Um we're overdue. Yeah, it's pro- we're probably overdue to 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 beat Stoke really, because we seem to play them enough that we, we should have picked up a a result there at this point and we will be back at some point this week to preview the stoke game and then back after the Stoke game next weekend to review and round up hopefully a win because if we collapse again i'm gonna just i i have no idea to be honest but it's i'm just not really feeling it fed up of fed up of seeing this collapse anyway i'm gonna end it there and uh, have a great week everybody we'll speak to you all very soon cheers <laughs>